And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I'm your you host, are Locked John On Baker, Razorbacks. I'm also the host your of daily Bat podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. One to four, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. One hundred three seven Your team every day. Com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday. As uh, fall camp is still going on, and we're still having some fun with that, and obviously breaking it all down, giving you the latest up to date information on all things Razorback. And it's kind of all quiet on the Western Front right now. Which is fine. Uh, you know, it's at this point in time where uh, a lot of teams around not only college football, but NFL football are starting to decide who their starting quarterback is and giving out depth chart information and uh, rolling with the guys that they see fit to be able to lead their team. And usually when that happens, it kind of goes by the wayside, at least as far as the excitement and surrounding what some of these players and teams are doing. And in this case for Arkansas, we know who the starting quarterback is. We know who is going to be doing what and who's going to be playing where. Uh, and we at least know, as far as injuries go, who's dealing with things and who's not, just based on practice reports and all that. So it's not really anything new. And that's fine. Like I'm not sitting here saying that I need the content. I need to, I need to beg for everybody else to, to give me some stuff. But, you know, it is kind of low-key and laid back and all of that. And I started thinking about, you know, some of the all-time great quarterbacks in their debuts in Razorback football history, like starting debuts. And, you know, it's tough because I was thinking of when – I remember when Felipe Franks played and he played really well against Georgia. Or when uh, Ryan Mallett came in and played – I believe he started the game against Missouri State in Little Rock and, and played pretty well. Uh, I think back to Matt Jones, you know, Tyler Wilson, uh, all these guys that have put things together and the performance they put in in their very first game as starting quarterback for Arkansas. And to see how none of them really like set the world on fire where it just blew your pants off. But none of them played bad either. At least the QBs that ended up being really good for Arkansas, they didn't have poor debuts. Uh, the only ones that uh, you could really say for maybe that looked good in the opening game, but didn't do so well later. It was like somebody like Robert Johnson. Uh, but still, it, needless to say, it was a uh, it was an interesting list. And K.J. Jefferson's going to have his opportunity, even though we've seen him start this year. It, it's different when you're the actual starting quarterback. You know, like Tyler Wilson got to play the majority of that Auburn game in 2010, but it was really 2011 when we started looking at Tyler Wilson. Uh, you know, it's going to be the same thing with uh, – Somebody like KJ Jefferson is like, we already got a taste. We already got a little tease of what he did against Missouri last year. But now we get to see actually what he is, what he's capable of, what he's going to do, how it's going to look, all of that. And it opens up again against a team like Rice. Now, the greatest thing for KJ Jefferson that he has going for him, which, you know, the jury's still out on whether or not he's going to be good for Arkansas or not. The best thing he has going for him is he's got a quarterback's best friend a wide receiver that is absolutely outstanding and cannot be stopped in Traylon Burks. He's also got a seasoned and experienced offensive line blocking for him, and he's got some great running backs to be able to add some to the mix as well. That's why I feel like K.J. Jefferson against Rice, as long as he just doesn't let the hype and the excitement get to him, as long as he's just dealing with it the way he's supposed to be dealing with it, like you're talking about having some opportunities in this game to really showcase himself like I hope we see Malik Hornsby in this game not because I want to see Malik Hornsby 
but because I feel like if we do see Malik Hornsby, it's going to be because of KJ and Arkansas blowing Rice out, and let's get the other guy into the mix as well. That's what I hope for. I don't want to see Malik Hornsby because of injury. I don't want to see Malik Hornsby because KJ is so god-awful they need something going. Like, I don't want to see that. I want to see Malik Hornsby come into this game and play because Arkansas is beating him so badly that it you know you want to get him some run in there. I think that's very possible, and I think that can happen. I think KJ uh, has assumed that role and that confidence and been that leader that he needs to be, and so I fully expect him to, to go out and showcase that ability for sure. So it's just 10 days away, folks. It's going to be great, and we're actually – uh, we've been doing a lot of recapping of Ole Miss, or excuse me, of SEC schools in their fall camp, and we're going to do Ole Miss today. Is Nick Suss of uh, the Clarion Ledger is going to be joining us, talking a little bit more about uh, Ole Miss and what to expect out of their fall camp as well. And we'll be joined by him here in just a second. First, I got to tell you that it's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are get back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season get all the updated odds props and contests including online including online's biggest half million dollar nfl mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar nfl survivor contest open now at bet online head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 100 welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on and be sure to take advantage of the opening day super promo where you make a bet Thursday, September 9th on the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers when signing up and using promo code NFL11. From football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of the great offers for the 2021 season at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, we're continuing to go around the SEC and getting updates from other teams in fall camps, not only how they're doing, but also how they're going to be matching up against Arkansas this year. And Ole Miss is next up as we go to the phone lines. Welcome in Nick Suss of the Clarion Ledger to talk all about Ole Miss fall camp. Nick, really appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty okay. How are y'all? Well, we're doing good. I know that we're just 10 days away from SEC football really getting ramped up and going. And, you know, here in Arkansas, people are pretty optimistic, feeling good. What is the feeling there in Oxford as far as Ole Miss, not only how they're going to do this year, but uh, especially in the early going of the season and how they feel like it's going to be here in 2021? Yeah, I think the vibe is pretty optimistic. You look at a team that's number 25 in the preseason coaches poll and number, I think, 27 in the preseason AP poll, uh, eight starters back from an offense that last year was number three in the country in yards per game, and I think number 14 in scoring per game. Uh, a lot of reasons to be optimistic about a team that last year achieved that much offensively in a first year under a new coach and offensive coordinator without an off season. So I think that that is kind of carrying the optimism, and I think that a lot of fans are optimistic to a point that the first game against Louisville on Labor Day is kind of being looked past, which might not be wise. Louisville is still a very good program that has a pretty darn good chance to win that game. But but I do think that the, uh, the expectations are pretty high to a point that uh, simply making a bowl game probably wouldn't be enough for Ole Miss this year. Now, as far as Matt Corral, we know that he's talented throwing and running the ball, and many Arkansas fans may not give him the credit that he deserves because they saw him play probably his worst game 
what do you like about him and what is what are some things that maybe he could he can improve upon yeah the main thing that he needs to improve upon is not play a game like he did against Arkansas last year. (laughs) I I think the guy threw 13 interceptions last year, and 11 of them came in two games, six against Arkansas, five against LSU. You take those two games out, he had numbers pretty comparable to just about any quarterback in the country last year, your Mac Joneses, your Kyle Trasks, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. His numbers were that good. He was the first SEC quarterback to lead the nation in total offense since Johnny Manziel, only the fourth SEC quarterback ever to do that. Uh, He's a guy who throws the ball incredibly well. He's incredibly aggressive when it comes to throwing to his receivers in one-on-one coverage and trusting his guys. He's a better-than-average runner who I think last year against LSU got close to 150 rushing yards. Uh, He can do a lot of things, and I think there's a reason that just about any poll you've looked at uh, in the preseason has called him the preseason first team, all sec quarterback, giving him the nod over guys like JT Daniels, Bryce young, Bo Nix, Henry Jones, some of these really talented quarterbacks in the league. So I I think there's a lot to like about Matt Corral. And I think that all of the accolades are justified, but he does need to kind of trim down on those one or two disaster games. If he wants to take that next step into truly elite college quarterbacking. You know, Nick, I, I know you said that uh, they're, it's just making a bowl game wouldn't be good enough for Ole Miss this year because I'm even looking at their schedule. You, you talked about the Louisville game in game one. Their first SEC game is on the road against Bama uh, on October 2nd. But as far as being in the West, it's about as favorable as a conference schedule as you could have because you go on the road to Tennessee, which we know is having a new coach, and, and they've had their own struggles. And then your other game is Vanderbilt at home. You have LSU at home as well. Uh, you get to play Texas A&M, A&M at, home. at home. Yeah, like it seems like as far as schedules go, this is about as good as you could ask for when you're in the SEC West. Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at the schedule, um, Alabama notwithstanding, the game that you're probably the least happy to see on there is Liberty of all teams, is looking out and seeing Q3 is coming back to Oxford first week in November because it's very possible you're facing a 9-0 and team that week when you thought you'd be facing – a cupcake. But yeah, if you look at the schedule, I, I think that it's pretty easy to look at it and think, oh, well, Ole Miss is ranked ahead of everyone on this schedule, but Alabama, Texas A&M, and LSU, that means nine and three. Obviously, that's not how it works. Ole Miss needs to beat a lot of teams in games that are probably coin flips in order to get there. But I do think that that seven to nine win range is probably a justified expectation for a team that if you told me that the defense was as bad as it was last year and so much of it's returning and they didn't make any coaching changes and I'd still be saying that, I I still wouldn't believe myself, but I totally get the hype. So how do you expect that defense to improve then with many of those returning players is it about getting some depth on the defense? How how are they going to improve? Oh, it's absolutely about depth. Um, if you think back to the Arkansas game last year, uh, there was a point before that game where two of their starting defensive backs or rotational starting defensive backs uh, had to sit out because of COVID exposure. And they had to move two offensive players over to play defense for that game. And they both played like 50 snaps in that game that week after moving over from offense. That's how little depth this team had 
where two guys getting COVID could completely alter the positional alignment of the whole team. This year, that's not as much of a problem. They have nine new DBs between transfers and freshmen. I think they have seven new defensive linemen between transfers and freshmen. They do have just an extreme infusion of depth, which is something they haven't had since before the NCAA probation took effect. The question mark is going to be, do they have that top-end level starting talent that teams in the SEC need to make that big difference? And you look at a guy like Otis Reese, a transfer from Georgia, a guy like Jake Springer, a transfer from Navy, and some of the homegrown guys like Sam Williams and A.J. Finley. Maybe those guys can be those guys, but they haven't been to this point in their careers. And that's kind of what you have to be guarded against. We'll continue our discussion with Nick Suss here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about Built Bar and how they have nine delicious flavors to choose from. They're the best protein bars you'll ever eat because not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. It doesn't get any easier than that. And the best thing about it is you can take them anywhere. You can eat them before bed. You can eat them after you wake up. You can eat them for breakfast. You can make it a snack. It's got a lot of different uses. And with BuiltBar.com, if you use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Yeah, it seems like uh, with what Ole Miss is, you know, kind of looked like last year and then heading into this year too, uh, you know, obviously the, the offense is going to be where it's at, and, and but the defense does, maybe doesn't get enough credit. But as far as uh, looking back at the offense and besides Matt Corral, uh, are you expecting the offense to be even better than what they were last year? Because they were really great, put up great numbers. Uh, is there a chance that we could even see a better offense than what we saw last season from the Rebels? I don't know how. But I mean, I'll always grant the possibility, but I, I don't know how you end up doing that. They averaged 555 yards a game and 39.3 points per game, and then you lose an All-American wide receiver and Elijah Moore. You're probably going to take a small step back, but this is a team that led the SEC in rushing yards per game last year and returns four out of five starters on the offensive line, and it's four leading rushers. On top of that, you have two fifth-year seniors as your top two receivers, and you have Matt Corral. So I I think that there's a reason to expect that an offense coached by Lane Kiffin, who has never coached a bad offense, and Jeff Levy is your offensive coordinator, and he's never coached a bad offense. There's a reason to expect the offense to remain good, but I think that it is perfectly reasonable and realistic to think that maybe this is a team that goes from 555 yards per game to 510. Or maybe it's a team that goes from 39 points per game to 35 points per game. Still a very good offense. Maybe not the top of the top type offense. Ole Miss is fortunate in a situation where they have a really good starting quarterback, but also a good backup quarterback. What's the plan for John Rice Plumley? Is he going to get some snaps at quarterback? Do they have packages for him once again? And is he going to play receiver at any point like we saw last season? The, uh, the short answer is John Rice Plumley is not a quarterback anymore. Hmm. Uh, he has played exclusively in the slot this fall, and that is kind of the expectation is that he's going to be a slot receiver. Obviously, if Matt Corral gets hurt, then you start having discussions about what to do. But throughout fall camp, 
and throughout the spring because Plumlee was playing baseball, obviously. Uh, the only quarterbacks who took backup reps have been Luke Altmeyer, who's a four-star freshman, and Kid Kate Dent, who is a redshirt sophomore. We're speaking with Nick Suss of the Clarion Ledger here on Out of Bounds, 103.7 to Buzz, talking about Ole Miss fall camp. Uh, what do you make of the rest of the SEC West, Nick? Because we know that here in Arkansas, you know, there's some optimism there. But uh, in the West, it seems like it's Alabama, maybe A&M, and then everybody else. How do you see the SEC West shaken up this year, and where does Ole Miss factor into all of it? I think that uh, one of the vir- most virtuous things a person can do is admit when they don't know. I got no clue, man. <laughs> the SEC West could go a hundred different ways this year. I think that this is the first year in recent memory that I might pick the field instead of Alabama to win the West. I don't know too much about this Alabama team that has to replace so much offensively. Maybe they'll be great. Maybe they'll take a step back. You look at A&M with a new starting quarterback, how's the offense going to look? Is it going to be purely Isaiah Spiller-based, or are they going to have a pretty reputable passing attack with Haynes King? I don't know. I think LSU is going to be really good this year, but obviously Max Johnson versus Miles Brennan at quarterback, and then a little bit of uncertainty at running back, and a defense that really needs to rebound after a harsh, harsh year last year. Auburn with a first-year head coach, and then we've talked extensively about Ole Miss. Uh, everybody listening knows about Arkansas and then Mississippi State. Uh, are they the team that looked absolutely electric at the beginning and end of last year? Or are they the team that lost seven out of eight games in the middle of last year? I, I genuinely don't know. Um, I would think that purely if you're talking about Ole Miss, the ceiling is probably third and the floor is probably sixth. But even then... You could tell me anywhere between two and seven for just about any team in this league, and I could understand your rationale. Arkansas and Mississippi are similar in population, and uh, so for in-state recruiting, it's a big deal in Arkansas, and we know it is in Mississippi as well. When you have really good talent in-state, you want to try to keep it at home. There's a lot more competition, though, in-state recruiting for Mississippi and Ole Miss. So who runs in-state recruiting when you – Think about Ole Miss, Mississippi State being the top teams. But then you also have Jackson State, Southern Miss, and all these teams, they they want to keep that top talent in state, but also we know that they do have to go out of state to get a lot of the talent to come in. Mississippi's in a really weird place recruiting-wise right now because Lane Kiffin wants to build a national brand, and his plan is, You go after kids in Mississippi if they are genuinely good enough. You don't go after kids from Mississippi because they're from your home state. Mike Leach has always been a recruit-to-fit instead of recruit-to-talent guy, so it's never surprising to see him go out of state. You bring up Jackson State, Deion Sanders has minimal interest in being a local program. Uh, That program really wants to be national and have a national footprint and as a result has recruited nationally as well. I think the only major program in the state that truly believes in building from local players right now is Southern Miss with Will Hall. Uh, If you want to know who runs it, I think this year Ole Miss has done a slightly better job than Mississippi State with the cream of the crop talent in the state, but it alternates year after year when when Joe Moorhead was at Mississippi State, they did a much better job recruiting locally. 
than Matt Luke did. Um, it really all depends on uh, your coaching staffs and what their priorities are. But right now, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting time because this very well might be the best year for in-state recruiting in Mississippi in close to a decade, uh, definitely since 2016. But it is also kind of a weird time for these schools that aren't prioritizing it as heavily. Yeah, that's an interesting concept, too, because I even think about, like, I, with Mike Leach at Mississippi State, if he has success, I could see him staying there for a while. But with, like, Lane Kiffin, and I, you know, we're talking kind of maybe putting the cart before the horse there, but is there any sort of maybe a fear or anything that if he has a high-level success at Ole Miss that he'll just jump for the next big job? Or is there belief that if he has success at Ole Miss – that's a place he could stay and a place he could uh, be at least for the long haul until like an Alabama job opens up or something like that. Well, I can tell you that it is written into Lane Kiffin's contract that he is due to make three and a half million dollars this year, unless he is still the coach on January 1st of 2022, in which case he immediately gets a $500,000 bonus. So they do have the language written into his contract to incentivize him to stay. Uh, in, in kind of spreading it out that way. But I don't know. I, this is me more playing rationalist than playing beat writer. But the question with Kiffin leaving comes down to what school would, A, be good enough for Lane Kiffin to think it's a better opportunity than Ole Miss, and, B, want the spectacle that comes with hiring Lane Kiffin. That is a pretty small Venn diagram. And I think that that is, if you are an Ole Miss fan, something that you feel pretty safe and secure about is knowing that the list of other colleges that are definitely better jobs than Ole Miss that are worth uprooting your life and starting over for and are also programs that are willing to take on all that comes with having the most Twitter active coach in college football and the most, one of the more outspoken coaches in college football, it's not a very big group. So I don't know. Maybe he does jet. Maybe if there's a job open this uh, December that's a perfect fit for him that he can't turn down, he'll consider it. But just with how long it takes to start programs from the ground in college football, I don't know which programs would, uh, would be looking for that. Ole Miss has a tradition of uh, wearing the 38 jersey on defense to honor Chucky Mullins. Who are uh, some of the candidates that you could see possibly wearing that 38 jersey this year? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Jalen Jones wore it last year, and he is back. So you probably have to think he is a favorite, if not the favorite. But you can also think about Momo Sanogo, who is a linebacker who has uh, – contributed a lot for this team over the last four years. You could think about Tarikas Tisdale, who's a fifth-year guy as a defensive end, um, a couple of other veterans in the secondary come to mind. But, yeah, I think that your favorites just on if it's about being a leader and if it's about being the guy that people on defense look up to, Lakia Henry and Momo Sanogo as your linebackers. Rikas Tisdale up front, Jalen Jones in the back end. 
You know, Nick, uh, before we let you get out of here, which, of course, we appreciate you hopping on and talking Ole Miss. I know that, uh, you know, you probably don't talk about it anymore or anything, but I was just curious as far as, you know, covering uh, Deion Sanders and there in uh, Mississippi, and uh, we know the whole viral video that went out and stuff. Uh, Have you done any more coverage of him and stuff, and how's that going down there in Jackson State as far as uh, in his first major college football job? Yeah, I can tell you that I'm going to give you a big old no comment on the past correct as i as i have been for months now but no it's, it's going to be interesting to see how good jackson state uh can be this year because uh they have built a a really interesting program a very different way from building than than swack teams and most one double a teams have built with the high volume of uh transfers from the fbs and attracting some four stars out of high school and genuinely building a recruiting class comparable to a low power five or high group of five recruiting class. Uh, they start with a pretty tough schedule. You have Florida A&M week one, Tennessee state week two, and Alcorn state week three, all of whom are really talented teams, which those are going to be early tests, but just based on pure talent alone, I don't know if there's anybody who's going to be able to keep up with Jackson State, and it's going to come down to can a more established team like an Alcorn State or like an Alabama A&M use chemistry and experience and the fact that it's a veteran together team, or is talent kind of going to be the end-all be-all? And I don't know. I really don't know. I'm fascinated to see how it all works out, but it's definitely going to be something worth monitoring as kind of not even a sideshow, but as something that is going to be headline news in this state and potentially across the country if, if they can succeed. Yeah, there's no doubt it's going to be interesting. Nick Suss of the Clarion Ledger. Really appreciate you joining us, Nick. Enjoy football season, man, and we'll be catching up with you later down the road, all right? Thanks, y'all. We'll talk then. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNavers for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 